Nobody warns you about the potential relationship pitfalls that occur after the arrival of children. You may seem prepared with the nursery items, daycare options, and the state-of-the-art crib, but have you prepared for the added stressors to your relationship? Hi, I'm Miranda, a Gottman-trained couples therapist. And I'm Aaron. I work in the financial industry, and Miranda and I have been partners for over 20 years. And we've had our fair share of ups and downs ourselves sure after have. becoming parents. Join us as we sit with couples sharing their experiences of how love has changed since the transition of children. Whether you are trying to conceive, currently pregnant, already have children, or experience loss and infertility, this podcast will showcase authentic, real couples, just like yourself, who are navigating love after lullabies. I will also share communication tips and tricks from my experience of working in private practice for over 10 years in the state of Oregon that can help maintain and even improve your relationship. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you get something out of today's episode. Today. (laughs) (laughs) How was your week, Aaron? James Clark. Yeah, say my full name. Am I in trouble? Uh, the week was good. It was. It's really busy at work. I oversee a large group of people, and it's annual review time. Mm. So lots of writing, lots of staring at the screen, lots of administrative work. That doesn't sound fun. No. Although I do have a project that I'm working on that's coming to an end, and the end result is me flying to Florida next week to sign off on this project and, uh, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's. In a way, that will be fun, but it's also going to be a a Fast and Furious trip. The kids already miss you. I know. They've been talking about it. Like, I'm kind of dead. Like, oh, dad is, he's going to be gone. I miss him so much. (laughs) Like, you're not even going to notice. You're going to be at school most of the time. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah, I I fly out one day. Like, I'll be there in the morning when they eat breakfast. And then I'll be gone that next day. And then I'll be home, like, before they get home from school the day after that. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be fine. But thank you for being an amazing wife and I for try. Uh, taking taking over and can, getting I, the house handled. I try. <laughs> you do try because it seems effortless. <laughs> what about you? How'd your week go? It's good. I had a presentation at a MOPS group, Moms of Preschoolers. I was invited to speak, and it was my very first in-person work-related activity since COVID. Almost three years. Yeah. It was a big deal, too. There was quite a few people. Yeah, it was pretty fun. It was awesome. I think it sparked a lot of good conversations afterwards. And it was lovely to talk about work in front of actual human beings instead of two cats. Well, I mean, you talked to me about it a little bit. <laughs> it is different, though. Yeah, and well, the cats are my coworkers. I will say that through the week that you had been you know, getting ready for the presentation, handouts and, and prepping... I could see some fire. I could see some, like, excitement around it. Yeah, I was very excited. Yeah. I was very excited. We were also informed that our children are starting a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's called Love After Kids. (laughs) Yeah. It's hilarious. And they have their own little tablets they use, and they have recorded episodes. Mm -hmm. And Ivy has designed the podcast cover already. Yeah. So this this is odd to me because, A, we don't. The kids don't listen to podcasts normally. No. And they're never around when we are doing podcast stuff. Correct. So it just goes to show how much kids 
absorb things. <laughs> oh my god, it's spot on. It's so weird. It, well, you know what? Maybe we'll have to like see if we can play a part of it in like a future episode. But I definitely think we need to to do that. There's it is some really good stuff. It's hilarious. Yeah, and it's I mean it's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. If you're going to talk about an eight and a five year old, yeah, and then our five year old like just pops up in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they talk about their feelings. Yeah. So the premise of the podcast for them is that. Sometimes your parents get upset, but they are here to remind you that their parents love you and everyone has bad days and we all have feelings and it's important to talk about our feelings. (laughs) (laughs) That makes us sound terrible, but we kind of, I mean, I guess we off, I would say we often, we always say it's like never too late to repair. So if we are snappy or if we are upset, it's it's good to go back to them and talk about your feelings and how you should have acted more appropriately and and what have you. So Yeah, the product of... Yeah. Children of a therapist. Again, it's pretty spot on, though. Yeah, like it's, it's good stuff. It's, it's pretty cute. I'm excited about today's episode. I am, too. Uh, we have Erin Woodruff with us. A fellow Erin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she lives in Utah, and she is a life coach who specifically works with couples or individuals in a couple relationship where there's a difference between introvert and extrovert, which is such a common area of conflict within relationships yeah it makes total sense i guess it wasn't something i was 100 percent aware of or thought put much thought behind because i feel like you and i are so much alike mm-hmm. we're both we both uh feel like we're introverts maybe some some back and forth depends on what situation we're in but if you have somebody who's a hardcore introvert and someone who's a very much an extrovert that's mm-hmm. where Aaron comes into play and helps make that work yeah I encourage you guys to look for her on Instagram, and I'll leave all of her handles and information and websites in the show notes. She's very sweet. Um, She's got a wealth of information. She has a 30-day relationship challenge coming up that's completely free, and it sounds like a lot of fun. So we might might sign up. We might do it. Why not? It's a good idea. Yeah. And and Erin, talking with her, you know, you just kind of get a feel for people while you're spending some time together. It was great. We were all smiling the whole time, and... um, yeah, she was awesome. <laughs> I don't know. Smiley. Smiley's my favorite. Or mocking me is your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> we are really excited to chat with you. Tell yeah. us a little bit about what you do. I am a coach and I coach women on staying happily married to an introvert. And I kind of fell into this because that's who I am. I feel like so often you you are your client. And I originally started as a time management coach and I really pivoted to, I'm still coach on time management, but more specifically to women who feel like they're stuck in their marriage, not because they're unhappy, but because they don't know how to fulfill their needs and they are sick of their partner not fulfilling their needs. So teaching people actually how to take care of themselves, how to communicate what they need and what they want, and also how to create marriage dynamic where they can find a lot of joy and happiness in too. Working as a couples therapist, this is probably one of the biggest challenges that I have seen of, you know, if I were to look through a Gottman lens of this is an unsolvable problem, you can't, Uh (laughs) and it causes so much heartache and frustration. Yeah, there really is. I'm curious, you said you are, you are your own client. Share, yeah. if you don't mind sharing a little bit about your personal journey throughout this. Oh, completely. And and I will add an element to what I do. I started, like I said, I started in time management and then I've evolved to where I am now. But 
I had a very extensive conversation with my husband before I ever like started saying I'm this coach because I never wanted to feel like he was the problem or that our relationship was like the brunt of the joke. And so like, that was a big thing in general is like, are we okay? Are we good? Do we really have a good relationship with each other enough for me to like put it out there and say, I want to help you too. And a lot of that was because at least my personal experience, and I'm sure so many people are the same. I really like to talk about this for through two, two different lenses too. Like when we were dating and now that we're married and we started living together, that was like completely different because when you're dating, you're always putting your best foot forward. You don't see each other all the time. Yeah. So for me, like when we were dating, we would just get together. We'd talk, you're getting to know each other. It's like part of the whole experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I would go like, we'd be done with our dating time, whatever. And I'd go home and I'd go hang out with friends. I'd go to dinner. I'd go with my sisters. I'd go shopping. I'd like do all of the things to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And my husband would go home and he would sit on the couch and watch TV or he'd scroll on his phone or he'd go to bed early. <laughs> and so he was taking care of himself, but it was just something that neither of us actually saw until we started living together. Mm. And then the longer you live together, and especially I, there's some sort of unwritten rule when you get married, all of a sudden you have to like have approval from each other to do everything <laughs> that you want to do. And so I think between those two things, it was hard for me to realize because I I wasn't going out with friends anymore. I really wasn't taking care of myself anymore. I wasn't doing all of those other things to fuel my social energy. And I was expecting that he would do it all for me or do it with me. The more I became aware of that, the more I was like, no, I can go by myself. I don't need his permission. I can still do the things that I want to do. And he's actually probably happier if I leave him home. <laughs> Yeah. You said that you started noticing that when you guys got, you know, when you got married and started living together, did you wait to live together until you, after you got married? Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. yeah so it was kind of all in one. And so for anyone who, who even if you're living together, you're, you're in a committed relationship and maybe not married, this right. could probably still be very applicable oh, to you. Sure. You guys have a, a son, I think. No, a little my... girl. A little girl. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She's 20 oh. months old. Oh, nice. Oh, that's exciting. That's a fun age. Yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. How, I mean, have you noticed any of that dynamic of introvert extrovert shift since becoming parents? Yes. And no, I think it's become apparent in different ways because for me, I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom and I run my own business from home. And so I spend a lot of the day staying busy, but if I'm not actually talking to people, whether it's a podcast interview or coaching my clients and I'm just doing business work, then I still feel very drained because I haven't had anything to fuel my social mm -hmm. energy. When Sterling comes home though, he's really excited because he doesn't have to talk to our toddler. <laughs> he just has to be present. Yeah. And so it's kind of interesting how you would think that maybe having kids would fuel the extrovert energy. But for me, it actually drains it because she can't give anything back to me. But for him, it's like, oh, pressure's off. I don't have to talk to her. I just can sit here and flip through books and build towers and race cars and, <laughs> yeah, sure. you know, and so I feel like it's just manifested a little bit differently because now that we have a toddler. Well, Interesting. I, I remember when our kids were 
well, when our, our first child came around, we both felt like we had a hard time vocally engaging with our toddler, right? Like mm-hmm. we were, we would both be content because we had worked together for many years before we had kids. We uh-huh. were intent flipping through a book or listening to music or doing stuff without having to like talk all the time. And then we had this toddler that were like, wow, we probably should talk to this person more. And so they can hear <laughs> voices and words and all that. So we we would read a lot of books and try and engage with them more. Or just like narrate what you do throughout the day. Like I'm watching. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's me. I pretend I'm on a cooking show every day. I'm like, okay, and here's some oregano and let me yeah. let you smell it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I would be lying if I said that sometimes I don't pretend that I'm on a baking show. <laughs> yeah, except for that age. Then they throw the food across the room and yeah. you're like, well, shoot. <laughs> well, they're the food critic, right? Right. That's right. <laughs> we noticed that you had a quiz on your website yes. and we actually took the quiz. Oh, yay. I'm so excited. <laughs> but we haven't shared with each other what our results are. Oh, interesting. So we... I've never known what I am. I've never known if I'm an introvert or an extrovert, but it's so, for me, it's just so dependent on situations and things. So long story short, it turns out I'm an extrovert. Okay. Which Hmm. surprised me because I'm perfectly content being at home, but I also do crave those, you know, connections with other people. And I don't know. I don't know what I am. Maybe it's day to day. I don't know if that's possible if it changes throughout Oh yeah, it definitely changes. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll give you my results first. I'm I'm an introvert. <laughs> There's no surprise there. Shocker, surprising <laughs> to me. That, well, so what I will preface though is I I also have have taken many tests throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also in a in leadership in a financial institution, and I have been for many years, and so. There's also a business side of things that that looks at what kind of a learner you are and what kind of strengths you have mm-hmm. and, and what kind of people you need to be around you to complement each other's strengths and opportunities and what have you. And there's a lot of terminology that use it's more or less an ambivert. So yeah. you're, you're an introvert at heart at home. You you recharge that way. Um, mm-hmm. You focus. You take a moment. But then you still really like being around your coworkers and your spouse and the people around you that does give you some energy back. That's but, so funny because ambivert is actually one of the the answers on the quiz. Oh, it's oh, funny oh really? It is. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So maybe you'll have to retake it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there were a couple questions on there. Where I'm like, well, I could go either way. Same. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But ambivert is actually an answer because I'm like, I do think that there is a lot of nuance here, right? It's not like you're an introvert or you're an extrovert. There's mm-hmm. like a huge spectrum of where you could fall at any point, And ambivert is somewhere in the middle. Okay. Yeah, there is that warm spectrum, right? There's that. The, oh yeah. The, what is mm-hmm. it? The the hot blue and the and the deep red, or like there's like a whole. <laughs> there, there's. I went through like this class, and there I don't remember a whole lot, of it, obviously. Okay. Um, but there is like that line spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I do think it changes day to day, and so even though I have a quiz and it's great, it's not one hundred percent accurate all the time. I think ch- our personalities and our preferences change can vary over time. Sure. Yeah. If I'm thinking back to my twenties, very extroverted compared mm-hmm. to now. Like eh, maybe not so much sometimes, but I am curious about the dynamic between you and your partner. If there were any challenges of discovering that, you know, once the dust settles, once you guys are married and kind of figuring out your routines and, you know, what was okay and asking for needs, like if there were challenges with that. Oh yeah, definitely. The biggest one for me was once we started to living living together and we really started seeing everything that we were doing. There's a lot of shockers, right? When you move in together, 
But mm-hmm. the biggest one for me is that he would come home at the end of the day. We were in college at the time and I would come home from work and school and like ready to unload, ready to talk. And he'd come home from work and school and just be done. He was totally gassed. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I took it as he's mad at me. He doesn't want to talk to me. I'm doing something wrong. I'm not doing it right. Like maybe I should have had dinner ready on time. And I'm creating all of these imaginary scenarios in my head because he just wanted to be silent. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until about a year in of all of this playing out. And I was not trying to like create conflict, but just trying to be the perfect wife. And I was like bending over backwards. Like, well, maybe if I did this, maybe if I did this, maybe if I asked these questions, really trying to figure it out. And then it wasn't until I actually read a book called Quiet by Susan Kane. It was one of the first introvert resources that I had ever read. And one of my sisters had actually recommended it to me and she's an introvert. And I read it and I was like, oh my goodness, this is Sterling. Like this is who I'm married to. And as soon as I started actually educating myself a little bit about introversion, I understood so many of his behaviors. And the biggest thing was that it didn't have anything to do with me. Yeah. And as soon as I detached myself from his behaviors, I was like, oh, this is fine. (laughs) And And that alone was just the permission I needed to stop creating conflict within myself. Mm. And then I could understand, okay, him coming home at the end of the day and just being silent, it didn't mean he was mad at me. It didn't mean he didn't want to talk to me or be with me or engage with me. But if I could just let him be and I wasn't pestering him, trying to get him to engage with me, I would just let him scroll on his phone or watch TV or just sit in silence or whatever he needed to do. And then he would just very naturally and genuinely start engaging with me. And it was like nothing had happened. He just needed that time to himself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious with those two different dynamics, do you guys make it a point to kind of do like a state of our union or like meet up to talk about maybe those things that you're thinking that you're- that you're not hearing from him. Oh yeah. And this is something, and I say all of this, like it was all me, but it wasn't, it was like me communicating everything that I was learning too. And still, I feel like now we don't have to have like the state of the union conversations because we've had them for so many years now. It's a lot more just fluid and it's just part of our everyday life. Initially, that's something I teach my clients is starting to talk about it. And creating more of a low risk environment when the stakes are really low. Cause if you're already on the brink of an argument or you're too hungry or you're too tired, and then you're trying to have a conversation like this, it's yeah. not going to go well. Right. And so I try to really encourage everyone that I work with, if they're trying to have a hard conversation or trying to create a new balance or dynamic or trying to get to know each other better to offer it in advance to say, this is something I really want to talk about. I really don't feel like my social needs are being met. I don't know how you feel, but these are, and you'll probably have some specific bullet points of things that are bothering you and say, I really want to talk about it, but I don't want to have an argument. That's not my goal. I'm not trying to upset you. I'm just trying to take care of myself and I want our marriage to be good. So think about it. Let me know when you're ready. And then we can talk about it whenever Mm -hmm. you have time. Let's set a time to do it. Because it's very intentional that way. And you know, oh yeah. You're going to have this conversation at at this time. It's not being thrown at you all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's more time, at least, you know, to help process or gather thoughts and be a little bit more effective with communication. 
Yes. Yeah. Do you primarily see people coming to to use you as a life coach? Do you ever see people that are introvert to introvert? Not yet. Yeah. I actually have worked with someone who's an introvert married to an extrovert, though. Oh, okay. I just market specifically to extroverts because I, I think in society, extroversion is prized. Yeah. Okay. Where that's a big myth, right? Like extroversion is not better than introversion, but extroverts think that if their partner was more social, if their partner wanted to go out with them if their partner would just change if their partner could just understand so I think it seems like the introverts are the problem mm -hmm. but I have worked with someone the opposite of an introvert married to an extrovert and how that's also hard and how introverts have a hard time communicating because they feel like they're the ones being oppressed in the relationship like I'm the one holding my extrovert partner back Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense, yeah. especially with the extrovert piece that having all that head trash that's like, it's my fault, my fault, like what's going on. But really, mm -hmm. it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely a, a deeper systemic issue that is at play as well. Of Yeah. And in Quiet, Susan Cain dives into this about how extroversion is primarily a Western culture thing. It's very interesting, yeah. but it is much more of a social problem than we realize. Yeah, definitely. I, mm, I have stuff. I have a question. <laughs> yeah. Switching total gears. So let's go. <laughs> I saw that you like to watch and play sports. What's your favorite? I love basketball, playing and watching. Yeah. Who's your favorite and, team? Well, I live in Utah, so I'm pretty impartial to the Jazz, Utah yeah. Jazz. Yeah. Do you find that yeah. something that you can do with your your husband or your partner? Like, what do you guys do together? Since you are different personalities. I love that you asked this question because it's actually an example I use. So. Finding the balance of activities, I think, is so much easier than we think it is. There's Because there's a broad range of introvert-extrovert spectrum, we actually have so much more overlap than we actually think. And basketball is something I always say we both love basketball like so much, but we both love going to live sporting events. Mm -hmm. And it's good for both introvert and extrovert because... For extrovert, it like fuels all of my like social energy. I love the crowd, the noise, the music, the games, all of it. For Sterling, he loves it because he doesn't have to talk to anyone. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like I'm really into this game. Yeah. Yeah. He's just there and the game is there and we're together and we're bonding mm -hmm. and we experience it totally different, but it's something we actually love to do together. Yeah. That's a great example. Yeah. Because then you could like, you could even go out to dinner afterwards because you haven't you haven't been talking the whole time. So maybe, exactly. have, you know, mm -hmm. that's great. Exactly. And I will just add in there, like going to a sporting event with thousands of people is actually way less draining for Sterling as an introvert than going to like a small dinner party. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he, because dinner parties, you like have to talk to people right. and he yeah. would much rather go to a, a jazz game or an in-person live event or something. <laughs> yeah. You have to be on. Right. Yeah. Of those, of those small parties. And actually, mm -hmm. Miranda and I talk about that often. Um, I have to I'm flying out of town for a, a work thing. And mm -hmm. unbeknownst to me, one of our board members is going to be there. And then there was that instant mm -hmm. conversation. Like, now I have to be on or like yeah. now, <laughs> now the little time I had off that I might be able to go to the beach. Well, now I have to be on now, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that puts a lot of pressure on you, especially if you're not prepared for it. Right. I'm curious how you guys navigate 
family get-togethers? That is a really, really good question because we've had a lot, as most people do, right? They have conflict in some form. Years ago, well, six years ago or so, something happened. I don't even remember like the exact thing that happened anymore, but I remember what happened with me internally. Sterling's parents wanted us to do something and I felt very cornered and I felt very pressured and I felt I was really what it was is I was not having any social time for myself and I was we were always with family and for him it was like it's my family I'm just he can just be himself Mm -hmm. but for me I felt very like I can't do another family thing right now Mm -hmm. because and it seems ironic because extroverts typically like people right but for me I was like we're seeing the exact same people all the time and I need variety so a piece that I have definitely and we've implemented is I've discovered for myself I'm a much better wife mom sister daughter-in-law and everything when I have other people when I have my own friends when I have my own job when I have my own network of people that I can gain all of that social energy from and so when I show up to family events I'm actually way more present and I'm happy to be there rather than like I've seen them four times in the last week and it's just draining to me I want variety personally and I know not all extroverts are that way but for me I like having a variety of different people But for Sterling, he really likes just our small family gatherings because he likes to be comfortable and it's easy for him. Mm -hmm. Is it the other way around though? Is does he feel that easy and comfortable when he's with your family and people he doesn't know as well? Yes and no. My family is about two and a half times the size of Sterling's. Okay. And so it's much larger. So when we're together as a big family, it's a lot of extra energy for him and for me, because sometimes having dynamics with family is hard and we kind of know where our limitations lie and we communicate with each other very openly about that. But for both of us, we have actually found a lot more joy from connecting with our siblings and our parents in smaller groups. So Mm -hmm. like we just invite one sibling over for dinner and their spouse and their kids or just going out with our parents or something like that. And that has actually been really good because we then we actually both find that connection of actually connecting with people because I don't know what your family sizes are, your extended family, but sometimes you get with people and you feel like, oh, I was just with all these people, but I didn't actually talk to any of them. Mm -hmm. And for both Sterling and I, we find a lot of fulfillment from connecting those interpersonal connections so we actually do both prefer smaller groups and even though we do bigger group things we don't do them as much and we don't actually encourage either of our families to do them as much not that we're discouraging of it but we're not the instigators of things like that anymore pardon my ignorance of this but is there a difference between the introvert and just being shy that's a big myth people think if they're an introvert they're shy or if they're an introvert they don't like people Because I know a lot of extroverts that don't like people. (laughs) No, shyness can be with introversion just because of the nature of the two. But I wouldn't classify Sterling as shy at all. But people who don't know him think he's shy because he's just quiet. He doesn't feel the need to speak. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is just understanding that number one, it's a myth. And number two, just getting to know the introverts. Because something I've learned because... 
not only is my husband an introvert, but I have four siblings that are introverted. Sterling has a brother and a sister who are introverted and we've got a lot of other people around us. And it's funny now that I'm doing this work, I'm like, oh, you're an introvert and you're an introvert. Mm -hmm. And introverts by nature actually won't talk unless they're asked a question or given a lot of time and space to think. Mm. Whereas extroverts will just jump into the conversation without pr- being prompted. So I think by by nature of that too, introverts are like, oh, usually, oh, they're shy mm-hmm. or they don't have an opinion or something. But some of the introverts I know are the way more opinionated yeah. or yeah. yeah, very, very social people, but it just drains them. Yeah, these are all good questions. Yeah, they're great oh, questions. I, I <laughs> yeah, do it. Okay, <laughs> In the beginning, you talked about time management. Uh-huh whose time are you managing? Whose, whose time are you helping manage? Is it the person that you're working with the extrovert, how to manage their time to fit into the relationship or like, tell me more about that. I think for me as an extrovert, I want to do a lot of things. And so I'm learning how to manage time, but in a way that feels good to you and communicating with your partner. And I target people in relationships, but I also talk about creating time for you because if you're stuck in the idea that your partner should be fulfilling your needs, then creating more time with your partner might not be the solution. Mm-hmm. Because that's where you're at right now. If you think they are need to solve your needs and fulfill the needs of you, then you might be going around time management wrong. Yeah. Versus if you can understand, I'm the only one who can fulfill all of my needs and my partner's just there to add to my life and they add plenty, but I'm not going to expect them to add anything that I can't take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Then you can understand, wow, actually, I do want to plan a girl's night. And I actually planned a Galentine's for next week because yes. I'm like, I just want to have a night with some ladies without our kids without our husbands. And I'm so excited. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be super fun. And it was just something that I was like, no, I need that. I haven't had a girl's night in a really long time. And so understanding that's something that I'm craving. It's something I want to do. It's something I planned in. So like creating that time management rather than it's not on Valentine's day. Like people can still do whatever they want with their partners on Valentine's day. But for me, I'm like, I want to do that because I think that is going to fuel my social energy. I would imagine that as you work with individuals, there's a period of time that would require almost some reassurance from their partner. Mm -hmm. This is okay. We're good. How are you feeling? Like, yeah, exactly. And again, going back to the communication, communicating about this all the time. And this is not like a one and done conversation. I'll use the Galentines as an example, because it's something I wanted to do. And I just... I made like a little invitation on Canva, just something simple. And I sent it to Sterling and I said, I'm going to do this. Do you have any objections? (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, nope, go ahead. And we have that dynamic now of like, I don't have to necessarily ask for his permission, but Mm. also like, this is something I want to do. But if you can see any sort of roadblocks or hiccups, or did you have other plans, Mm -hmm. but just creating that independence and I don't always have to have approval from them. Yeah, And for him, it's almost like, a okay, I get to do whatever I want that night. Mm-hmm. Like Aaron's going to be with her friends and I just have that time to myself. The more I create time for myself, doing things like girls nights and other, you know, even podcast recordings, mm-hmm. he is having all of that extra introvert time. 
Yeah. He's having that time alone by himself. Yeah. It works for both of us. And we've, we plan and spend plenty of time together as well to strengthen our bond and our relationship. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. What's that look like? What was date night before kids and date night now after kids? That's his favorite question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love what you guys do. Just your whole idea about podcasting, because it's like relationships before and after kids oh, thank and you. date night before, I feel like we had a lot of date nights that were just very simple and we're neither one of us are too over the top people. And we just had a lot of, we'd go on walks a lot really late at night. We would just like go out and walk for two hours. And now we can't do that with a baby after they go to bed, we can't walk after dark and stuff. (laughs) So we've, we've had to alter that but also we do this pretty regularly we just run a baby monitor across the street to one of our neighbors and oh yeah we just say will you just listen to the baby monitor while we go grab some ice cream and so we have a baby that sleeps really well so it's never a big issue for us and we trust our neighbors and so we just have created simplicity when it's like okay what are you up for and last night we had hannah with us but both of us were like let's just go get pizza And so we just went and grabbed pizza and we try not to put too much pressure on ourselves for date night. And it's not really in either of our, I guess, desire packages to like have extravagant date nights, Yeah. but just, just acknowledging and recognizing, let's try something new. Let's go to a new restaurant. Let's go on a walk. Let's, Mm -hmm. you know, just make out on the couch, something like that. (laughs) And it's just a lot of fun. Let's do that for our date night tonight. (laughs) Just make out. Make out on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Netflix and chill. That's what that's, that's what right. the folks, the youngins yep. call it, right? <laughs> yeah. I think I think they've moved past that now. I don't think they even use that anymore. <laughs> right. But in reality, that's it's literally us watching Netflix and chilling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so one of us starts snoring, usually you. It's but... usually me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so much of this is the bottom line communication, you know. Oh yeah. Being being a Gottman couples therapist, this is a a perpetual problem, the difference of introversion and extroversion. Mm-hmm. As soon as you stop talking about it within a couple, like that's when the resentment starts building up because it's always <laughs> going to be coming up in different scenarios whether it's like a work party or hanging out with friends or doing whatever, um, but Mm -hmm. continue to check in like what you did with the Galentine's invite of like, this is what I want to do, you know, qualms about it. I think it's mutual respect just for each other too. Yeah. I mean, I talked about it in a a prior episode where we still will check in with each other be like, Hey, I'm going to go to a friend's house tonight. Like, are you, are you cool with that? And like my, you know, our, my answer is always going to be, yes, go, go Mm -hmm. do that because yeah. When, when it's my turn to ask you, I want that answer from you too. Mm-hmm. And so just being on the same page, like, Hey, these are the things I may, I'm going to request. And it's going to be good for me because of, because, because of this. And I really want your support with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I completely agree. What are some pieces of advice you would give <laughs> to someone listening who might be experiencing some of what you're talking about? I would really encourage people to practice communicating. It's going to be really uncomfortable if you've never talked about this before. And communication is just a buzzword that everyone knows what communication is, but communication is actually a skill that we develop over time after practice. And so just 
being willing to practice communicating, especially if you haven't had conversations like this before, and just being willing to fumble through it. A concept I love to talk about is the whole truth and tell the whole truth. Don't tell half of the truth. Because when we tell half the truth is I'm going to have a Galentine's because I want to. And that's the truth. But the whole truth is, I really want to have a Galentine's. And I hope you can support me in it. Because I don't want to get away from you. And I don't love it's not because I don't love you. But I really want to do this for me. I'm trying to make some new friends. And it's really going to fuel my social bucket. Yeah. And I hope you can understand that uh, it's not me trying to get rid of you for a night because it might come that way to somebody, right? They might take it as they're just trying to get rid of me. You can say, I'm not trying to get rid of you. It's just some time that I'm trying to find like time with friends. Do you have any objections? I'd really love to hear your feedback. And being able to tell the whole truth of how you're feeling can be so healing for both of you. And it's going to take some practice, but that's where the messiness and the beauty lies. For sure. And you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable. You know, Mm -hmm. you're talking about your inner desires, your inner needs Mm -hmm. of what is going to fuel your soul rather than, exactly. I just want to. (laughs) Well, and then I think too, when you tell the whole truth, you learn more about yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not just so they can connect with you, but it's so you can connect with yourself. Cause if I am throwing a Galentine's because someone on Pinterest or Instagram told me to, then it's probably just going to be annoying. And I'm going to complain about it the whole time. (laughs) Like, I don't even know why I did this in the first place. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Versus like, no, I know exactly why I'm doing this. I have some reasons. And then I've communicated it not only with my partner, but myself also. And that creates, um, I'm all about teaching self-trust and self-love. And that's something that can create that for you is when you communicate the whole truth out loud, even if it's just to yourself. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's great advice. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned this earlier too. Part of communication is effective listening, listening with, with intent, finding a time for you and your partner when your partner's ready to listen to it as well. Yeah. Not when they're hungry, not when they're playing video games, (laughs) not when they're doing something else. It's actually like, Hey, I need to have this important conversation. Is this a good time for you now? Yeah. 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 I think that's great. And I want to share an experience where again, we're years into having these kind of dynamic conversations. So they don't last as long, but a few months ago, we were driving. I don't remember where we were going, but we hadn't eaten yet. It was like six o'clock and we were both getting a bit hangry. And I said something like snippy to Sterling and he looked at me and, and he was driving. He said, how about let's just not talk until we eat? Mm, yeah. And I could have been super offended, but I was just like, you're right. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. And we just like rode in silence for the rest of the night until we got food in our stomachs. And then both of us were just like, okay. And we just know that that's the better option just to not talk, <laughs> yeah. not because we're mad at each other, but because we know that if we're both hungry and we're both on edge, like the conversation isn't going to go anywhere productive and we're both just going to be more mad. Yeah. And that's a nice reminder too, for folks who really want to resolve something right now, you know, <laughs> because if not, it evokes a lot of like primal panic for yeah. attachment Oh, uh, definitely. Just a nice reminder that yes, it can wait. You will be okay. And you'll be clear headed. You'll be rested. Mm-hmm. You'll have food in your tummy, your blood exactly. sugar back to normal. <laughs> and yes. you, know, you can have a more sustainable conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. That's what I would recommend. Anytime you want to have a hard, con- hard conversation, just make sure you're both in an okay state. Mm-hmm. You're 
you're not tired, you're not hungry. Yeah. yeah. And and you can give that undivided attention. Maybe maybe you're trying to heart I uh, something else I've experienced is when people are with other people trying to have a hard conversation and your in-laws are trying to jump in or you're you know, if you're trying to have a conversation about parenting, wait till your kids are asleep mm-hmm. and you're no one else is around you and it's just you two and you can have that conversation together. Well, I saw on your Instagram that you are offering like a 30-day relationship something or other. Tell tell everyone yeah. about that. Yeah, so you can go to uh, I'm I'll give you the link. Yeah. You can go to my website and you can sign up and it's a 30-day relationship challenge. It's completely free. And every day for 30 days, I'll send you an email and or a text. You can sign up for either one of those. Sometimes text reminders are just easy mm-hmm. and it will just prompt you to do one simple thing for mm-hmm. your relationship for 30 days. Awesome. Yeah. Things like just asking your partner, what can I do to help you today? Just very simple, low pressure as far as like, no, it's not going to cost you anything, but it's going to make huge impact if you can just take a little bit every single day. And I'm so excited to see the transformation in people's relationships after this. Awesome. And this is for yeah. everybody, no matter if you're an intro- introvert or extrovert. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's for everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to sign up too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Well, this is really awesome. I'm so glad that we were able to sit down and chat with you. And Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. It has been so much fun getting to know you guys better, talking a little bit, and I cannot wait for people to really start applying some of these tools so they can create relationships that they're happy in. Thank you for listening and your continued support. New episodes come out every Tuesday please make sure you review and subscribe to our podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram at love after lullabies. And if you want to be on our show, come on, you know, you want to be on it. Email us at love after lullabies at gmail.com. So she got, oh, there's some pretty ears. <laughs>